our camera sort of fades in from black and we see our outlaws sort of cautiously working their way up towards the back of the workshop. The, the loading docks themselves are covered in a thin sheet metal rusted roof that sort of gives you a bit of shade from the sun above. Wooden beams prop them up like over your head. And, you know, the whole area is covered in scuff marks and broken wood beams. And there is a door that leads into the workshop. And also here are four loading docks, four or five loading dock doors. Each door is about like 10 feet wide by like eight feet tall. And they're raised off the ground about six feet, which would be the perfect height to sort of back in a carriage or delivery vehicle of some kind and load heavy equipment right into the workshop find yourself standing here in the back porch of this dude's laboratory and i think one thing i got to call out that when we when we did last episode we didn't know if anita was really going to make it or not right so we didn't really realize until we took the time after last episode is that the one thing that you guys as a camera the camera might surprise you looking at the scene is wybert has gotten here. Why, um, actually, that's large, huge is the next size category. Oh my god, you're technically correct. The best kind <laughs> of correct. Wybert is now officially like a large creature. So whereas before he was, you know, pretty decently sized and probably big as, if not bigger than Anita, now new Wybert is like massive and towering. So uh, maybe Anita can give us a guide on what Wybert looks like because you, you spent a lot of this downtime doing this right you've improved wyber you've made changes to him now a large creature why don't you describe maybe what wyber looks like now after his transformation so during the downtime that anita had uh with the new space that halbrant generously gave her in that workshop uh she used up a lot of <laughs> wybert's knees are pretty much extended by scrap metal that she found in the workshop um, the core has been enhanced in the sense that she's figured out uh, more stabilizing agents that not only makes him more powerful, but like faster too, depending. Anita's always dreamt of having a robot, a robot that was bigger than her so that, you know, like in the event that she can't run as fast or go as fast as everyone else she can just ride her robot and then keep up that's pretty much her <laughs> are you riding wybert yes he has a saddle kind of like the dragon riders in game of thrones <laughs> right i'm gonna pop over here just show the battle screen real quick just to kind of show what we're describing and also if you're out there and you guys are aware of any good modules that can kind of facilitate foundry to have like sort of mounted creatures on each other so you can like combine the tokens into one thing and it's compatible with pathfinder hit us up in the comments and let me know because i want to use that module to to do this so yeah this is you guys standing on the back of the porch and this is freaking Vibert. this can be with large as can be actually there's so much fire <laughs> no fire. 
yeah, we, we kind of f- load in. Uh, Wybert's carrying Anita in. You guys are kind of in this space. You look back on you. The street's like open behind you. The wood, the sort of like tin roof slopes up to the top of the building. You know, this area is protected from the sun, from the weather. But the bay doors, I think I said six feet higher. They're actually three feet higher than street level, but the doors themselves are like pretty tall. I think the they're, it, the illusion is they're raised off the ground for loading and unloading. But you guys find yourself standing here. What would you guys like to be doing? So I think Saruk is going to, when we get where we're going... Oh god, I forget the name of the exploration activity that's shield up, then have it raised for first round defend. Defend. Yeah, defend. So that is everyone ready? Yes. And he has still a cyborg and she's going vroom vroom. Does Wybert have a like soundboard that says "vroom vroom"? Now, do you have a button that you push? And he says "vroom." It's definitely, vroom. Ju- it's definitely just Annie just sitting sitting on there going "vroom vroom." <laughs> no, <laughs> I I haven't oiled up yet, so it's Anita that's going "vroom vroom." <laughs> so I'm gonna go to the door. I would like to take a look at it and see if it's safe to open. If I could, please. Yeah, go ahead and give me a perception check as you check it out. Um, and then as far as Rook's doing a defend exploration activity. I know I don't even have to ask how. Hal's probably scouting. Because that's that's Hal Halbrun's thing. Uh what about for Ruffy and Anita? I am on the ready in case wait, do I have I don't even have tools for it. I will defend as well. I have a shield. Ruffy's just waiting to shoot something. As usual. So um looking around, right? Uh Saruk, you sort of step forward and look at this door it doesn't take much to see that it's not locked because it's actually not fully closed it looks like somebody has sort of busted this door like off its hinges and it's pushed in a closed position but the sort of splintering of wood around the lock pretty much gives away that you could just open this without issue it doesn't appear to be trapped at all it just looks like the else has already been here and came. gotcha it opens out towards you, though, like not in. It opens away from the, the building. So somebody looks like somebody on the inside kicked it in out or somebody on the outside would have crowbarred it open. Makes sense. Okie doke. I'm just trying to real quick find the raised shield so I can jam it to my hot bar. I appreciate you. I would like to open the door. Sure. Yeah. Go ahead and open that door. The door opens with that. Out issue, you see that there is immediately like a sort of staircase that raises up about like three feet in. Uh, so you kind of go up the stairs uh, and you find yourself sort of standing on this large wooden loading dock on the western edge of the warehouse. There are several sloping ramps that lead to this wooden platform that looks to be about six feet above the bottom of the workshop floor. Uh, there's the 10 foot wide bay doors lining the west wall behind you. There are Scuff marks everywhere on this loading dock from all the heavy stuff that's been loaded in and out of here. And uh, as your eyes sort of drift towards the rest of the warehouse, you see a large disheveled mess, right? There's a a giant cluttered workshop. Pieces of clockwork spread everywhere. Blocks that are lining tables and shells all over the workshop. Just dozens and dozens of clocks. Couple of doors that look like they lead to different rooms on the eastern 
from where you're standing, you can see in the northeastern edge of this room, it looks like a makeshift bunker with like really thick sandbags, as well as uh, blast marks sort of scuffing the ground. A big mess. Junk everywhere. And there's no immediate signs of danger. Saruk, you push your way in. The door opens without issue. You step up the sort of wooden walkway and find yourself on top of a large loading dock that stands about six feet above the warehouse floor below you. Uh, Looking across, you see a couple of ramps that kind of lead down into the workshop. Behind you on either side are three large 10-foot-wide bay doors that can be used to load stuff in and out. The floor beneath your feet is so scuffed with marks from machinery being loaded in and out of here. This place has definitely seen some heavy use. And as your eyes drift eastward across the workshop, you find piles and piles of like pieces of clockwork, um, alchemical gear, rafters above you are like laced with like cobwebs and like tiny like sheet metal rusted roof continues in here the two most things you you see the most is a clocks there are lots of clocks in this workshop big clocks small clocks desktop clocks grandfather clocks it seems like this guy's got a thing for clocks and they're all over his workshop but also your eyes sort of drift towards the northeast corner uh, uh this inventor's workshop where you see a makeshift bunker of sorts surrounded with like very thick piles of sandbags and blast scorch marks uh the the telltale science of you know explosives being set off here in this workshop and uh it, it doesn't appear immediately that there are anything moving or anything alive it just looks like a desolated junk field hoarders workshop of an eccentric inventor Gotcha. And that 21 perception check confirms that there's not anything going to jump out at us. Yep, you're looking and it doesn't look like there's anything active, moving. Everything seems to be very quiet in here. Gotcha. It's clear! And then I'll move in to make room for the team. You guys can, you guys that kind of follow Saruk in, you guys see the similar layout, and the similar features of this uh, this workshop. A Wybert sort of squeezes his body. He's, he's got to do the squeeze action to sort of get into the doorway and scrape the, the edges, but uh, he makes it in. Uh, you can feel, Anita, as you're writing Wybert, this like wooden platform is like um, pretty much reinforced, but it does sag on every single step that Wybert takes. You can kind of feel the floor <laughs> sagging beneath you with all that weight. Oh, this is an old building. It is. Anything of import in here, or...? I'm going to be honest, I feel like this is your entire bag, my friend. What do you think? Is there anything of important I'm going to look here? around. I'm going to hop off a Y-butt. This is my flavor text for cluing you in for an impending check about it. Is there anything of import here? I would like to look around. I mean, is there any of the features that I've described that you take a particular interest in you're interested in checking out? Or anything on the map that you see that draws your eye? The clockworks at first, like, are there, are they anything that I'm familiar with? Is it new technology that he was trying to do? Or was he trying to? Yeah. Yeah, he's got a bit of, um, a bit of different clockwork stuff going on around the workshop. It seems like this nook over here is kind of the main sort of where the main clockworks activity sort of is. And there is a sort of 
it looks like there's like a pile of parts and like junk over here. So you, you kind of step up close. You can make a, a perception or a crafting check or an academic lore check. You can let me know what sort of recall knowledge you're trying to, to take as you are looking at over this place. Okay. Gosawana. What is it? No. Okay. So I, I'd like to... Anita would like to know what like what type of clockworks these are. Like, what was he trying to make? Essentially. Yeah. Great. Crafting. Crafting works. Bam. I can't drag Clue in on you, but you can drag it yourself, Anita. Yeah, I get that Clue in effect. Clue in. I am clued in. Huzzah! That's a 31. Okay. So, you're kind of like looking over this. Um, This is nothing revolutionary. It's fairly generic clockwork tech. You know, it's the standard gears and winding up keys and things that give it you know there's nothing revolutionary about the clockwork devices that you're looking at although you see sort of laid out in front of you there are some interesting gadgets and gizmos and things that it looks like maybe maybe there are some things he's been trying there's some diagrams that your eyes kind of glance over that looks like potentially he's been working on an alternate power source and that might replace the sort of clockwork wind-up key device that most clockworks have. Uh, but, you know, it looks like it's it's all theoretical at this point, nothing concrete. Um, and as you're sort of looking over those plans, you guys that are all, like, standing here, I think maybe even, like, you guys realize that Anita's so focused on, like, this blueprints and looking into this, al- this inventor's sort of mind, there's this, this pile of, like, parts... And what looked like a half-assembled, like, sort of shut-down clockwork device, the eyes sort of, like, click open, and it starts rumbling from beneath the pile and shaking all of the, like, loose bits as it stands at attention. And this creature right here in this kind of bay is sort of rumbling to life now that he's been alerted to your guys' presence. I need all of you to roll initiative. Could Anita have had pocketed those uh, blueprints for the power source, though? Yeah, you can go ahead and add those. Like, just, like, snatch them up. You, like, you grab them, and then as you're, like, putting them in your pocket, you turn and look, and you see everyone else is freaking out because this clockwork is spinning a lot of life next to you. So it feels reasonable that I would roll crafting for this because that was the thing I was hoping Anita do. I will allow you to roll crafting as a... Because you're probably looking at this thing. Maybe your crafting will allow you to... Oh, man. That's a natural one on the initiative. Rip. One four. For how? Nice. Remember, you guys do get a uh, circumstance bonus, so if it makes a difference to break the ties from uh, oh, yeah. the, the sort of crafting. I always forget that. What was your uh, what was your level four feet on Halbrant? My level four feet is where are you? Sleep uh Knockdown. Knock scouts charge. Oh, oh yeah, this. Oh yeah, that's right. You got the archetype feet too. The scouts charge one was pretty and cool. And terrain stalker. Knockdown. Make a melee strike. If it hits and deals damage, you can attempt an athletics check to trip the creature you hit. Uh, both attacks count towards your map, but the penalty doesn't increase until you make both of them. Okay, that's kind of fun. So you can basically get like a free trip attempt on your strike. Yep. Is that a, uh, it's only a one action? 
Uh, no, I'm pretty sure it is a... Let me look at the details. It is two actions. It is a two action. Oh, yeah, I see it. It should say it more... It should say it, like, more accurately in the uh, chat box it's in. Welcome Agreed. back, Nina. Someone decided to pull out the internet. <laughs> You've heard this Someone at home. Your internet? Do not pull out the internet. A natural one for me. Three-fourths of the cast has rolled a natural one. Right? What is with all these natural ones? Uh, I mean, you guys are all... Real tech night. Wow. Yeah, so Reficule was your natural one. Did that include the bonus on the plus two bonus? Yes, I put in the plus two circumstance bonus. Got it. So so I think technically Saruk has a 13. Right. So I can bump that up above Ruffy, but yeah, you guys seem like you're caught off guard, but you know who's not caught off guard? The person who's on watch and paranoid about everything all the time. <laughs> Hal Brent. He now. was scouting. Beastwood, exactly. So Hal, you were the first to recognize something going wrong, and you get to jump on this creature. What would you like would to do? I have do? my weapon out? Or do I have oh, absolutely. Yeah, you guys walked into okay. like a freaking dangerous thing. I assumed you definitely had your weapon out. I'm I right. will stride to this beast as it looks at Anita, and I will look back at it with uh, ferocity in my eyes, and I will try to attempt to knock it down. All right, new feats in action. Woo! Oh, so uh, yeah. I believe you make the melee strike. If it hits and deals damage, then you get to attempt the, uh, the trip. Yeah. That's a cool-looking clockwork, by the way. Mm-hmm. And not too bad, huh? Right, let me see if I can. I've seen that art across several books and several. Twenty-three. That's wow. This so is the cool. first time I've fought it. Oh. Oh no. Right, it looks pretty cool. So yes, a twenty-three will hit. Ooh, look at that! Sheesh. Nice damage roll. Nice Seventeen. Damage. It is a clockwork creature, and it is resistant five to your physical damage. So it takes. Uh, oh, I did it wrong. <laughs> it's resistant, so it takes more damage. Right. Nice. 12 damage. There we go. Take 12 points of damage. But that does allow you, you hit and dealt damage. You can make that athletics check. To trip the creature. You're targeting the creature's reflex DC. All right. That is a 25. A 25 will be a success. And it is nice. For rip. So, success, the target falls and lands prone. But uh, that is my move and two actions, and that ends my turn. All right, you, you attack, you sweep the legs. This thing crashes onto the ground. Sweep the leg. <laughs> yeah, you swept the leg, bringing it to its turn. So. So it's like the new and improved snagging strike. Kind of, yeah. Well, I'm hoping it has to get up. Yeah, I mean, so it doesn't have to right but it, if it if it doesn't it's going to be in a bad position i'm just looking yeah i think it i think i think what it does is it spends its first action standing up which can i whack it yeah this is a, <laughs> this is a move action which triggers your opportunity attack i would like to take opportunity attack to strike this creature. it doesn't have kip up does not have kip up no Achoo. Ooh, that's a new effect. That's a critical hit. 32 oh, damage. Wow! Minus 5 because it is resistant, so it takes 27 points of damage. 
and this oh, thing's yeah. looking really freaking rough <laughs> already. And it hasn't <laughs> done anything go. but stand, get knocked down and stand up. Looks up, there is a death machine. <laughs> ah, uh, it targets Hal with its giant, like, oversized fist. It, it's got, like, pretty thick sort of plating. Um, and it, it does, like, sort of reach out with its fist and try to strike you, Hal. So I need to double check, actually. I think for for um, the critical hits on opportunity attacks, it only interrupts manipulate actions, correct? It doesn't in- interrupt move actions. Okay, just checking. You didn't, like, like force it to stay down. Uh, so with the 22, that is a hit. So that is going to deal some damage. 14 points of damage. Oof. And then it's going to use the... Um, the first third and final action it uses the push ability. So as it cracks you in your chest, you can kind of feel like the force of it right in your chest. You get pushed back uh, five feet away from it. So you slide back like five feet across the workshop. But that was all three of its actions. Uh, Saruk. All right, kids, you know what it is. Untap, upkeep, device a stratagem. I'm just going to roll the strike with the Giselle. Blah. All right, it's gonna be a twenty-four. You know, I think I'll take it. Uh, twenty-four, 24 hit. does it. I'm gonna. I think I'll, for free, drop my shield. Interact to. Well, never mind. I keep thinking it's too handy. Twelve. I'll fire that one. Hand yeah, you can fire one. Hand. All right. Uh, so it is resistant five. So I'll remove. Uh, actually, wait. Let me see. All physical. Okay. Then you got that. What's it called? The uh, concussive. Uh, so it takes five points of damage. It's it, but it stays up. Okay, then I just I need to check the action economy. Uh, new feet. I think is it a new feet? It's a free <gasps> fucking. Uh, I want to. I want to. I'll look up this in our custom ethics. Uh, you'll see. It's gonna be tight as hell. Let me just. I want to be one thousand percent sure this is a free action. It doesn't feel free action worthy. Looking tight as hell is always a free action. <laughs> Thank you. I do what I can every day. <laughs> I'll I'll link it while Archives of Nethys struggles. The feed in question is shared strategy. I hit the thing that I uh, got devised a strat with. I can pick an ally, and the bad guy is flat-footed to their next attack. Yes. Uh, mechanically, it's going to go to whoever is next in initiative. Good. I wanted it to go to Rafi. Yeah, that's a free action. Tight. So that's cool. Brings up the gun, fires, hits it somewhere generally towards where the like the eye is. It staggers back a little, gives Rafi an opening. Rafi, you're up. And nice. I'm gonna step like this. I'm gonna not move my token. There we go. Last action is to step up into its face. And okay. that is my turn. Alright. Rafi, you're up. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> Free action, I'm going to draw pistol. Free action, I'm going to That's new actually for Refi. Into the fray if to stride towards the enemy. Okay. Yeah, for those of you who can track at home, Refi spending an action to draw his pistol, that's that's new. But the striding towards them, that's new. Okay, yeah. Third action, I'm going to Aim down, so I don't actually accidentally hit any of my uh, 
I think part of the the thing you're doing here too, right, is you're on a platform that's six feet above this creature. So it's standing at full height. It's like head is just below you already anyway. So you're kind of already aiming down at it from up here. Actually, I would have been, I would have gone over this way. Okay. So I shoot. That's not that it makes a difference, but huh? you know, story-wise, I go, th I shoot that way, not towards any. And I will, uh, already let her down once. Fire. Ho oh, ho ho ho, rubbing it in. Too soon. Let's go, let's go. Nice. That's a 21. Oh, they're flat-footed too. Uh, 21. Oh, I didn't mark the flat-footed. Yeah, that's a hit. All right. That is 10 points of damage. All right, it is resistant. Five takes the blast and it's still standing. All right. Then, uh, it's, is that flat-footed for the entire turn or just one strike? Just the first strike. Uh, the creature you hit is flat-footed to that ally on the next well, attack. Well, now with my feet, sword, and pistol, I shot Ooh. it with a melee weapon. I, I shot it with a range weapon within reach, so it's uh -huh. now flat-footed against my melee strikes. Sweet. And I would like to do a reloading strike. Okay. So Ooh. you see me fire, and then at the same time I twirl my pistol and go to strike the creature, and at the same time, I flick a bullet right into the chamber and finish with the strike. Nice. Mr. winces at the thought of someone punching a construct barehanded. <laughs> That's a map attack. Rip. No. 17 is going to be a miss, even with flat-footed. Even with flat-footed? Yes. Damn. I mean, I think you hit, it's just like a solid clung off of its like metal body. Mm hmm. Uh, third action, I will. Uh, don't have good deception anymore. I would like to. Don't have that feat. Should I just strike again? Strike again, aid Anita. Yeah, I'll aid. I'll aid Annie in uh, her attack. I'm trying to think. So it was. Did you, how many actions did you have you spent so far? Was it an action to draw the weapon? Nope. That's still a free action. So just the stride and then the strike. You did a stride? Stride is, stride is the free stride action. Stride is also part the of the free action. I can, oh. I can stride towards an enemy that I can see. As long yes. as I can move closer and I can see them, it's a free action to stride. Right. My head's trying to wrap around the new Ruffy checklist. So you still have the one action mm -hmm. left. Yes. One action. I'll aid Annie in her next okay. attack. Annie or Wybert, same difference. Wybert, yeah. Yeah. All right. Anita, it's Anita's turn. All right, I'm going to spend two actions to give Wybert three. Boom, boom, boom. Wybert's going to move. Oh, that's too close to Ravi. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Ravi. You're too big now. Move back up. Boom, boom, Wybert smash. So uh, this will trigger uh, Ruffy's aid. So go ahead and roll the DC 28 check. All right. How am I aiding him? Can't really do a feint. Can I do an unarmed strike to aid? Uh, yeah. Go ahead and do an unarmed strike to aid. Uh, 16 is going to be not successful in aiding. So it's not a critical. It's not a critical failure. So there's no penalty. Viber just makes a straight up attack. Okay, I oh, hurts. Oh, oh, look at the wrench. 
25 to hit. <laughs> 25 will hit, yes. Okay. That would be 14 points of bludgeoning damage. Right. Resist five, but it only had one hit point left, and you kind of, Wybert kind of reaches down and just like, Wybert smashes the thing to bits. Smash. It like collapses in upon itself. The sort of like crossbow it had mounted on its hand skitters to the floor. And the like last bit of like light in its eyes sort of like blinks out as you put an end to this awkward creature. Does Wybert look sad for killing one of his own? <laughs> Wybert is unique, not the average clockwork. <laughs> you know better. Reloads Giselle. So yeah, it does have a workable repeating crossbow mounted to it with a whole like 10 round magazine if, that you guys could scavenge from its body. The, the, it smashes right and then you guys are sort of on adrenaline and there's like that heart pumping moment where you're like on the lookout for like anything else that might be like um, like here and then there is a sort of like uh, you, you hear like a, something like it sounds like a can sort of hits the ground behind you and everyone sort of spins at the noise but then you realize it's like a little can that's kind of cling to the ground and your eyes like instinctively go up and it seems like maybe there's something that's been scared that's in the rafters right now. Yeah, I was going to ask. It looks like, if I'm understanding the map correctly, this is stairs we can stairs you can access from here that go to a door. And then this ladder goes to, like, another platform or... Yeah, so, so these doors kind of go to these rooms. It's a slight little, like, staircase up to get to the doors that... Because, like, the floor's a little sunken, right? Because uh, the workshop's a little low, so like to go back to surface level, there are these three staircases leading to three different doors. But you are right, like looking now that you're in here, you can see like there's this ladder, and it looks like there's a sort of loft crawl space above all of those rooms that a little ladder heads up to. And then above all of that, this whole room is sort of got that like steel tinned roof, kind of you know, 12, 15 feet over your head. But up in there, there's like these wooden beams that are just the rafters of this place. And it seems like maybe something with your guys' loud noise to startle something up there that's hiding in the rafters. Can I try the perception up there and see what I don't see? Yeah. Now that you're aware that something might be up there, feel f- go ahead and make that perception check. Yeah, Ruffy's got his pistol just aiming up. I still had one more action earlier, so could I battle Medicine Hal real quick with assurance? Yeah, absolutely. If you'd like to battle Medicine Hal, you absolutely could. Okay. 2d8 for you, Hal. You can roll it. 2d8. So, Refi's got his gun trained on the, uh, the the ceiling looking for something. Daruk is uh, looking for where the, the source of that sound might be. And what you see sort of like hiding up in the rafters kind of behind some wood that looks like it's trying to kind of hide its eye from peeking at you is uh, what appears to be a a house cat. A kitty. There's a there's a house cat that was up here in the rafters that seems like it's been startled by like the loud noise of your gunfire going off, and it's sort of like hiding from you guys and like like watching you guys with curious interest. I'm really bad at nature, but I don't give a fuck. Uh, Cirque's gonna reach down into his bag, pull out something. Details. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say some of that clam meat from way back, but it was off at the time, so now it's probably just disintegrated somewhere. Why would you keep clam meat in your pocket? <laughs> cats, the stray animals of all good start. Don't make it fucking weird. 
Here's a nature check. I want to handle an animal. This animal isn't going to be too out of character to suddenly fixate on this cat and use pursue a lead. <laughs> yeah, you're going to make this cat when you leave. But Tommy really wants to. 16. Yeah, you, you basically get the little food out and you're trying to sort of get the the cat to kind of come down to you. Mm-hmm. Let's see real quick. Yeah, so you get the sort of clammy. Is that what I heard you guys say it was? Yeah, probably a lizard tail, realistically. You get like everything out to try to like call to the cat. Um, the cat looks at you with like kind of like a bit fear, right? Especially with the loud noises you've done. But with this, this like little nostril sort of flare and it like sees what you're doing you see it like sort of lick its lips and it sort of like gently starts like sauntering over very cautiously in your direction keeping a watchful eye on you it seems like it's becoming curious it's watching you it's not scared of you but it's not coming to you quite yet it's still high up in the rafters but you see it sort of making its way towards like the loft area where it could presumably jump back down to you guys. And it's watching you, Saruk, with a very interested eye. So I'll go... I think loft area means this way. Oh, whoops. Means ruler tool over here. Got it. So I'm going to just go over there, set the food down. Heck. Go over there, set the food down, like, up at the ladder. Set it down and then move to, like, over to the side, give it space. Yeah, you set that food down and you give it a little bit of space. And then as soon as you kind of back away, it's immediately like kind of leaping off the rafters to the stairs, hopping down the stairs. And it's like sniffing the food that you've left it. And it's like watching you picks up like one of the lizard tails and like immediately hops back up the ladder into the rafters where it begins eating it. So then when it before it hops up, when it grabs it, if I can in, I think switching to Mwangi, I'm guessing it might be familiar with the language. You come here. Come on. And then just try to get to like him closer to me. Okay. So you're, you're, you all hear Saruk in speaking. Uh, yeah, I don't think you've spoken much Mwangi around this crew in particular, right? There's been a lot of Xanda, but not a lot of Mwangi. Okay. Uh, do me a favor, make a uh, diplomacy check. I'm much better at those. You are a generous man. Watch out. 21. Nice. You're very persuasive with your words towards this creature. And the way it like looks back at you eating its lizard tails, you immediately get the impression it has no idea what you're saying. It's not responding to the words as much as it's like very curiously like responding to the tone of your voice and everything and you're putting it at ease. It seems like it likes being talked to, but you don't get the impression it understands what you're saying. I'll just, like, move forward, try to... Other than the, like, the hourglass collar, are they wearing anything significant? It's or? hard to tell from up here. The, the, it does have, like, a big collar with, like, a, an hourglass necklace. That is the dominant thing that you can see. Um, otherwise, it doesn't seem to be wearing anything. It's just a normal house cat with a collar. But, you know, with the food, it finishes the food, and you're kind of being very nice with it. It, it sort of hops back down and lands on the ground. And like does that really slow thing where it like gets real close to you and just stands just out of reach where if you were to reach out, you just can't quite touch it. And it's like sniffing in your direction. So I'm going to cat owners in the chat will understand. I'm going to ball my hand into a fist and hold it out slowly forward to uh, see if they won't. 
Yep. It goes and gives a little sniff. And then it just kind of like takes your fist and like rubs it right against his cheek and then kind of rubs against you and then comes in and starts doing like figure eight rubs on the inside of your legs, kind of knocking you off balance a little bit. Well, you seem well fed and healthy. It, Who's are you? It meows like meow. That is correct. I feel exactly the same little one. Uh, you can see um, he, he does have a collar, right? And you can see now that he's close to you. The collar does have a name, like kind of etched into it, and it's it's Masu, M-A-S-U. Masu, that's a good name. Does that happen to mean anything in Wongi on the off chance? Uh, you give it a thought, and it it doesn't strike anything that tickles your fancy. Gotcha. Well, Masu. Where where is your humanoid? Where is Kosawana? You see, Are it's like here? it's it's sniffing at like you, the pocket where you have the food, and it's like like pawing at it and scratching at it. Yeah, that's Alkinstar. All right, here's another one. Yeah, and it, it's it seems like it maybe hasn't <laughs> been fed in a few days. Oh, go monster! You've turned into a chipmunk. This is a strange polymorph wild magic here in Alkinstar. <laughs> yeah, the rest of you watches like Saruk is like talking to this cat and befriending this cat. What are you guys doing watching watching Saruk spend like the few minutes it takes to sort of make friends with this cat? Keep an eye on Anita so she doesn't activate any more robots. <laughs> I Ruffy is not pointing his pistol at the cat, but doesn't put it away and just looking at it very suspiciously. Okay. Yeah, you can give me a sense motive check if you'd like. Perception. Alright. Question marks. As your your gun is trained on this thing, the more time you spend reading its body language in the situation, the less you feel threatened by the cat. Gonna steal our food still. <laughs> Why is it here? I mean, I presume that they were Kosawanas. Plus, we have plenty of food. Yeah, I mean, the cat continues to, like, eat the food you give it and, like, rub on you, and as... as as it sort of gets more comfortable with you, it kind of starts sniffing and you see it sort of like takes like a kind of a, like it's fur bristles a little bit as it looks over the room and it sort of locks eyes with Halvern. Yes, I know. I know. It's not hissing per se, but it's definitely got that like sort of like bristled fur, like danger pose. They're fine. I promise. He's all barking, no bite. Uh, unless you're that construct, in which case there was a significant amount of bite, but don't worry about it. Talking to me or kitty cat? Mm, talking at cat about you. So basically at you, because you can understand. Okay, better not bite me. It's not going on. And even if it does, it's not like it can hurt you. Not really. It kind of follows you around, Saruk, and it's sort of doing the... Everywhere you go, you feel it like getting underfoot. It's really good at being at your feet and just making you stumble everywhere you go. Yeah, it's cats. I'm just having Robert walk back and forth to see if maybe like he'll trigger any other robots. Yeah, he sort of does a patrol through all the areas. Masu definitely like as Wybert comes by, like definitely like gives him a wide berth and like sort of like hides <laughs> as like the big robot comes through, you know? But uh, Wybert sort of does a full patrol of the floor, like, you know, each nook, 
over by the the sort of bunker, um, all these other clockwork devices, uh, nothing seems to trigger. Nothing jumps out. Nothing happens as Wybert wanders the room. Okay, and then I'll I'll look at the blueprints for the new power source, and then Anita mutters under her breath, "A competitor," and then pockets it. <laughs> You get a little bit more of a chance to look it over before you pocket it. It seems like most of his research seems to be, yeah, Vibert's vroom vrooming around the room, man. Vibert's <laughs> uh, got the zoomies just like Nossi. Uh, it seems awesome. like he's been uh, experimenting with like crystals as power source alternatives. Oh, this is Kosolana. Yes. Eventually, like also Masu. Uh, does what cats do and sort of does like a yawn stretch. He kind of wanders over towards this middle section up on this desktop and he curls up and goes to sleep next to this sort of weird, like there's this black wood box with like a crystal sort of mounted on top of it. Um, it, it, you know, it's, it's kind of in the middle. It's not too noticeable, but Masu sort of jumps up, yawns and curls up like right next to it and goes to sleep on this desk. I'm going to follow them over, and then when I'm at the desk, ooh, well, this is interesting. Yeah, it's it's this weird sort of clockwork device. It definitely looks like a clock. It's got, like, some weird, like, strips of metal and tiny hammers sort of on it. There's, like, this weird crystal at its face, at the middle of it, and it immediately looks like a clock, right? It's got a clock face. You can see time is, like, ticking by, but oddly enough, as you look at it, Saruk, you, you notice where the numbers of a clock would be, there's actually little crystals in all of the 12 positions on the clock face. But this clock has 12. Instead of 12 numbers on its face, there's a 13th ordinal position. It's got 13 facets across it. Huh. Does that strike me as anything uh, that might point to, like, the why of? Like, is that uh, for, like, uh, dry eyes, say, or something like Possibly. I mean, do you have a uh, have you prepared a lore for the day that helps with this? I of course I want a lore, but that seems beyond the pale. Uh, sort of. I would allow Kosawana lore at a slightly higher DC. Or, because... No, wait, JK, I have Bry lore. Oh, perfect. Let's do a Bry lore. Perf. That should have been secret. I'll close my eyes. That's fine. Yeah. Question marks. So looking over it. You do know that the clocks are a pretty big uh, part of Brylore and they, they passage of time, timekeeping clocks, they're all very sacred and, and big in that religion. The 13th ordinal position on this clock doesn't strike you as anything you're familiar with in the lore of Bry. You immediately recognize that the crystal at the center of this device, as, lo- as well as the 13 small crystals on the clock face, are definitely quartz, which is a very religious stone in their belief system. They kind of worship quartz. Never will I ever understand the worship of... I'm going to try to pocket the thing. The the whole device? Yeah. If it, if it can like easily fit. It's not like pocket size. It's like desktop clock size, but it's movable. You can put your hands on it. I think as you reach out to touch it, immediately as you make contact with it, you hear like it kind of springs to life and it, the like the gears start like turning the sheet metal and the little hammers start dinging on it. It starts chiming. It starts like, you know, like like a cuckoo clock that would go off. 
it starts making a lot of noise as you have uh enough made the cuckoo clock how does that go cuckoo cuckoo oh that makes so much more sense <laughs> like a ticking bomb Someone else is not familiar with cuckoo clocks, apparently. Jeez. There is this sort of like clock ticking noise now, kind of filling the, the kind of quiet here in the uh, the space. And there is a sound effect I've turned on for you now that you can hear that should be ringing. Okay, I feel paranoid enough because it is loud, probably. I'm gonna, can I try to disable it? Yeah. What? Anita, it's fine. I. Why do they... What, what is the, the semblance of the 13th hour in the fate? Did they tell you? Uh, no. Can I do a recall knowledge on what this device might be? What type of clock it is? Please don't blow up in my face. Yeah. Not in front of Masu. Masu, run! You can make a crafting check as well to recall knowledge about it. Okay. Yeah, so you spend a little bit of time... You're, that was your role to disable it, right, Saru? Yeah. yeah. So you spend some time, and, and it takes you a minute or two, of which this sort of sound repeats itself multiple times within a minute. Like, it does this pattern within a minute. But after a few moments of looking at it, you find, like, this sort of, like, on-off switch without too much issue, and you're able to disable it so it stops making noise. Anita, you're looking over this this clock, and I think the thing that really catches you as a an interesting note is most clocks like clockwork devices are powered by a sort of wind up momentum. You turn the key, you wind it, it coils the spring slowly over time. It kind of the cogs twist, which advances the time a set amount, right? It's all very gear driven, very mechanical. Looking at this clock, you realize that even though the face is moving and the time is continuing to tick like normal, there are no gears, no clockworks at all in the face. All of the wires and everything that's happening here is connected to this giant quartz crystal at its core. And it's somehow Kosawana has tapped into the quartz itself to create this clock. This is something you've never seen or even heard of before. Yeah, it's amazing. I don't think either you and I could really disable this one, Saruk. Well, Saruk, as you say that, Saruk disables it. It's not making pulls noise. a wire oh. out. Oh, cool. It is fascinating, though. I, it it is. feels almost magical. Surely not. It's very smart, for sure. Using the hammers, maybe grabbing the kinetic energy from the hammers, banging on the quartz. Yeah, maybe. You think the church would want it? I think so. Yeah, right. No. I mean, it is by Kosawana. I feel like they would say something like, and please forgive me if you've adopted the faith, Imperative 567, property of the church made by the car. I, I don't know. Hey, yeah, who knows? I still have the book. Is there anything on it that it's like, you know how sometimes people like engrave passages on the things that they like? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you want to go for your, your sort of religious textbook? Yeah, the logic of design. Logic of, so it's, it's a thick half tech manual, half sort of religious text so you're just skimming the whole thing at random looking for anything marked on it it looks like you were given like a fresh copy it's a brand new copy nobody else has owned it before you is there anything on the device that could like like an engraving like john 316 got it so you're looking for something specific you can't you can't it's going to take some time to sit down with the book and 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 read through it you're not gonna be able to like pick up the book and just find 
out of the thousand pages or the five hundred pages that thing. But if you want to spend some time researching it, you absolutely could make the roll. Maybe is it heavy? Is it big? The device? Uh, it's. I would say in terms of bulk, it's probably like a two bulk device. Okay. Oh wow! I had it in my head. I could just like pop on the. No, it's it's a little bigger than that. Done. It's like it takes up most of his desk. Fair enough. I can't carry it then. Two bulk encumbers me. Why, Bert? Actually, I'll probably just hope, 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 and then like. Are there compi- compartments on Wybert where Wybert can store things? <laughs> All right, here we go. Boss, you don't look. Anita, we'll talk about this later. And He's pretty adept at that there, Refkule. Wybert, I mean. It's like a trunk. Yeah, you mean Wybert. Nerd. He's got a big ass. Well, because he's, he's a large creature, not a huge creature, but a large creature. They have gotten quite <laughs> <thick>. <laughs> So as, as a little bit more time has passed, as you guys are kind of going through this, like, uh, you know, Saruk and Anita are definitely like going through this device. A lot of times passes, you guys are sort of making heads or tails about what's going on here. But I haven't heard much from like Ruffycule and um, Halbrent, right? Are you guys doing anything? Are you guys just very diligently on watch looking for any sort of danger? That's true. I'm boycotting a lot of time petting a cat. That's my be. I'll pet the cat quietly. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm uh, keeping my eyes out to make sure that nothing is yeah, okay, out of sorts. Raffi has not been keeping his eye out. He's been going around just poking things. Okay. Yeah. What sort of stuff is Raffi poking? I want to know. For no particular reason. Let's see. I've gone over to the blast area. Check that out a bit. I went up to the, each of these stairwells. So I think one thing that that definitely would have happened, Ruffy, um, you're going over and you're lo- you're going to the blast area. You're you're like going around. You're poking stuff with the barrel of your gun, just looking for anything, right? It's it's been pretty much nothing's happening. But as you sort of get over, kind of by the corner of this, and you're kind of feeling through the sandbags, there is a sort of jostling noise, and you can hear, you see like some flashing lights, and it looks like there is a little creature that's trying to hide like a clockwork device that's hiding within the sandbags. And like, as you poke it, it sort of like panics and it like activates. Yeah. Why don't you go ahead and roll initiative for me? I think definitely Ruffy, definitely Hal. I think if it goes to the second round, I will have Anita and Saruk jump in on the second round of combat because you guys are kind of looking at the clock. Do I get the scouting bonus? Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right. Natural yeah. 20. That's what you get for being on Very watch. Nice. Yeah, my man. And 20. So you guys both beat it in initiative. Ruffy pokes it. It kind of flitters out. Howl's like on watch for this. Hal, you're the first to react. What would you like to do? It's it's just like this little creature. It's it's tiny, right? It's it's enough to hide. It kind of crawls out. It looks like it has little wings so it can fly. It's got like a pulsing red sort of eye in the middle of it. Um, and it, and it begins like it kind of shoots out and it begins hovering there in the ground, like right o- over the sandbags. Is it a clockwork creature that is not Wybert? It yes. I will run over to it and whack it with my. Snagging strike. Okay. Go ahead and make that attack roll. Cha. Uh, 13 on the dice. 26 total. That is a hit. 
I like new sound he, effects when they hit. I even hit, uh, accidentally hit Albert, Albert Beastwood. Oh, you targeted yourself. Yeah. Uh, it's not a crit though. I did. I, I was looking to see if it might've been a crit. 17. Uh, nice. 17 points You're of damage. It is a clockwork device. So it is resistant partial to this. That being said, you rush over in one quick motion and you can see it, it looked like it was about to like fly up and maybe like fly out of the roof and get out of here. And you smash through it and it like sh- explodes in a um, sort of shower of sp- sparks. It triggers its reaction to have, which is called self-destruct. And as it's reduced to zero hit points, it thrashes around. There's like a small ah! a titty scream, a tick tock tick, and it explodes. Uh, in a five-foot radius, I need uh, Reficule and Halbrent to make reflex saving throws. 16. That's Sheesh. a 30 from Reficule. Well, Ruffy takes zero damage. Hal takes half damage. It's one damage in the explosion, so that's zero for Hal. So you both take no damage. Ruffy's able to get behind the sort of things. It just, uh, it like builds this huge buildup and it's about to explode, and then it just goes, beep, like this tiniest little puff ever. Um, and this thing is uh, destroyed, just completely gone. What was that, Rifkule? I'm not really sure. Um, what the fuck are you two? We got it handled, don't worry. Uh, Apparently. Then, like, leans over to and eat it. <laughs> this is so amazing. How- they've been, they're going to be going over that little doohickey for uh, God knows how long. So I got a bit bored and started poking around a bit. Literally poking around. Yeah, yeah, no, just got a little, you know, a bit of interesting stuff around here. So, uh, figured I'd check out this blast area and then, uh, I was about to sit down on a, one of these sandbags over here. But, uh, as I was fluffing it up a bit, heard a bit of a noise, a bit of a rustle, and then, well, that thing popped out. You rushed over and smashed it to bits. You think it had like a big brother? Because it blew up right there, right? It it blew up, but it, to make a mark like that, and he'll point over to the blast area. That thing had to be huge. Maybe, or I'm not sure if uh, maybe Kosawana had the 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 formula for pyronite, right? Isn't that why we're here? It could be, but wouldn't it blown the hell out of the side of this building? I mean. Not sure if that thing had Pyronite in it, but we might want to, uh, what do you think it was doing? Hiding in. Spying on us? Actually, I don't know. It was probably asleep and you woke it up. Right. I mean, I'm a bit cranky after a nap myself, so. Do we, do we tell those two? <laughs> <laughs> tell us what? We're standing like 30 feet away from you. Little, uh,. We found that guy's little brother, and I point over at the uh, busted up clockwork. Yeah, no, I got that when I looked up when I heard the explosion and saw shattered clockwork remains scattering around. Right. I'll take care of it. Good to go. Good. Uh, Try not to touch anything that'll bite back. Scritches mossy. It's like sleeping right. next to the clock, and it, it does that little like thing where it like, does the cat stretch? As you wake it up from its nap, it looks happy. Just telling us that. I'm pretty sure that's a bomb they just started. <laughs> Sounded like it, didn't it? Just clang, clang, ding, dong, clang, clang. I, I pick up the bits of scrap of the little tiny 
Bach working. Eh, Annie might want to take a look, maybe. Yeah, actually, with the self-destruct sequence, it, it completely decimated and left barely any trace of itself. Huh. There are little shards of stuff, but it's hard to get a good, like, look at what was left. I mean, it was programmed to, like, leave no trace behind, kind of. Mm. All right, all right uh, in that case, I'll, I'll look if there's anything useful. If there's nothing, then I'm... All right, back to Pokin. Wow, Anita, you really can fit so much junk. In his trunk. In this new trunk. I know, it's a full amazing. set of, like, clock, clockwork construct artisan's gear. A weird sort of crystal. But the one thing, too, um, after you sort of get a lot of that of loaded, Saruk, you sort of notice, like, in the sort of, like, space that was kind of half hidden by a lot of this stuff, you kind of look and you see, like, an old, beat-up, dusty copy of the logic of design sort of sitting here in Kosawana's uh, desktop space. Which, and huh. like Anita, as you're learning stuff, you look over, you see Saru pick it up. It's very clearly, you know, a book similar to the one you got, Anita, with the Temple of Bri. But it's the older version. It just looks worn in and used. It, it looks like Kosawana's personal copy. It goes in the trunk. Okay. We can take it back to the church. Maybe we'll have a use for it. Regulation 54 something something about recycling and repurposing. I don't fucking... Maybe he wrote the uh, recipe for pyronite in there. Hmm. You know, removes from trunk. Okay, yeah, you open it. Uh, There is actually, he has like, there is a big sort of like ribbon, like it's a ribbon, sort of like a flexible copper ribbon bookmark. And so it opens and it opens like to like a page right in the middle and you can see like it's just a random spot kind of towards the front of the book but uh you like open it and you're kind of looking at the two pages and uh unfortunately whatever page was marked does not appear to have a copy of pyronite on it and and as you look you see very little annotation in this book there's a lot very little handwritten stuff that he's provided it all looks like it's been sort of machine press print printed onto the page and he's kind of kept it in fairly pristine condition what page is marked is it in the like specific so you look right and um looking on the left page it's marked like 2.2.6 and then on the right page it's marked 2.2.8 both of them seem to deal with they both like they both have to do with um like locations let me see so like the section two is listed in as in a big header on the top it says the apprenticeship of bronze and then section 2.2 is listed as holy places and then section 2.2.6 is talking about a holy place and it's talking about some workshop within the temple of bri itself and on the right hand side is talking about um section 2.2.8 it's talking about Basically, like, private workshops at the higher cogs have access to, because they need access to higher tier materials to get them closer to the clockwork mother herself. So, just looking at the two, it doesn't appear that there is anything too interesting about the two. Do I have a 2.2.7 on my copy yeah i was gonna say i want to flip like forward a couple back a couple to see got it yeah uh, no it, as you flip back and through you do see like even numbers and odd numbers mixed between the books and every so often there are like pages that appear to be missing 
And you do, you are kind of right. You look at it and you focus like 2.2.7 appears to be missing from this book, right? The book that's marked, theoretically, there would be a 2.2.7, but the way it's printed, right? You look at the left page being 2.2.6, the right page being 2.2.8. It doesn't look like anyone just ripped a page out of this book, but 2.2.7 is completely omitted from Kosawana's copy. So Anita, you said you want to check your copy. Yeah, you get your copy out, you flip to it. You got like a brand new copy. The pages are still nice and, and mm-hmm. sort of stiff. Your copy mirrors Kosawana's. There is no 2.2.7 in your book at all. It goes straight from 2.2.6 to 2.2.8. Oh, a missing verse. What does 2.2.7 say? Nothing. It's It's not in my copy as well. Huh. Maybe we ought to ask yeah. folks at the church. Oh, I'm missing passage. All right. Should we move forward? Looks up to where the boys are. What encounter they've triggered and murdered. Ruffy, kind of like a cat, is just slowly pushing something off the desk. <laughs> <laughs> and as Saruk, Saruk looks up, I just stare him right in the eye and just push it off the desk. Why are you like gods? Damn it. I hope that doesn't ex- okay. It didn't explode. Over on the other side of the room, like Masu's doing like a very similar thing with like a spool of of like copper wire in a ball of yarn, just like batting it right off the edge of the table, like onto the floor. And then um, Masu sort of does like a little stretch thing, um, kind of like looks around, like looks up a little bit, and then he kind of like jumps off the table with a little jingle of his bell, and he sort of like goes back and he kind of hops up the ladder back towards the rafters and he watches he disappears into the little like loft area like little like crawl space above all the rooms and Masu has for now at least disappeared maybe that's uh somebody's bedroom besides the cat's bedroom of course you want to go take a look I want to go near the cat <laughs> okay then I will go by myself and you can stay out here well he said he was going to bite me he's not going to Scowls, smiles, walks to door, perceptions the door. So there are three doors here, right? The three doors lead towards, if you think about the layout, right? These rooms kind of face the front of the building. You guys came in the back for the loading dock, but these three rooms are three distinct rooms with doors, they're closed and everything, leading towards the street end. And then in addition to that, there is this sort of ladder that goes straight up into this crawl space. Um, and that's where Masu kind of is. It, it kind of leads up to where the, the rafters are. And from the looks of down here, it looks like there's just a bunch of junk kind of piled in this small little crawl space. That makes sense. My brain doesn't want to tell me this thing is a ladder. All right, I'm going to climb up after him. Hop, hop, hop. Wait, I can't. This intersects a wall. <laughs> yeah, so you go ahead, kind of like climb up into... Uh, into what appears to be like a storage loft and you know just a few rungs up you're already able to kind of see into it it looks like there's a five foot tall gap here so like Saruk would definitely have to be like crawling to kind of climb into here but it's crammed around the edges with tools and dusty boxes with like old alchemical reagents clockwork parts the the main thing is is it's it's just a tiny little space but what you don't see is masu he definitely went up here, but he's not there anymore. The process of elimination. You know what? I think I will make Masu a lead. They seem to know a lot of things. I'm going to look around and see if maybe there's a 
someplace a cat could fit, but an orc dare not. <laughs> Absolutely. What you notice here is although the space is definitely crammed tight, it looks as if there's really nowhere to go. It just looks like maybe a five-foot square room. But there is definitely spaces where a smaller creature could sort of crawl through, and you start to get into that mentality of what would a cat do, what would a cat like. And you realize now that somebody has piled all this stuff here to make this space look smaller than it actually is. This isn't a wall. It's just a sort of makeshift partition set up by a bunch of junk. And you could easily move some of this stuff. And this loft in this crawl space is probably a lot bigger than it looks. Huh. All right, I'm feeling a little isolated up here. Y'all want to come join me? And then I start moving boxes. I'm not just saying that because I need help with the manual labor. I'm just trying to not be caught up here alone. Is that get up there? No, they took off. I'm guessing there's a hole or something somewhere. Big room. It's it's a tight, like, it's five foot tall, so you guys are basically, like, either on hands and knees or sort of stooped over. But I have Saruk and Hal going up there. What about Ruffy and Anita? Are you guys staying down? I think Wybert can get up there, Annie. Annie's lost her voice again. Annie, can't hear you. Sorry, uh, new new gears. Now we'll we'll come in last. Or why, but we'll come, we'll be in the rear. Oh ho ho! Oh, this is tight quarters. Good lord! A secret bonus. I'll just scoot over to make room for Raffi, I guess. I can't see. Don't worry about it. Oh jeez, this room's gonna get Whoa. really fucking tight. Oh, how is Wybert gonna fit here? Yeah, I mean, they're not. <laughs> Wyvern takes up this whole space. We're like, there's not even space for Wyvern. So Wyvern's like at the bottom waiting to crawl up. But Saruk, you're able to easily start to like move stuff around. Um, and you're able to sort of open a, uh, a thing and shift the boxes to the side. And you see a much bigger space than you guys previously realized it was here. It looks like maybe this loft space sort of stretches the entire distance of the workshop. And as you're looking across it, you see what appears to be almost like a makeshift bedroom with like a tiny bed, a bunch of dressers and boxes scattered around a little lantern flickering it and a weird sort of vent that looks like a sort of metal vent that opens from here straight to the outside world. And over on the other side of the room, sort of on the bed with Masu sort of like in his lap is a small, uh, a small child who's up here in this crawl space sort of petting Masu. Masu looks happy. He's got a little bit of food he's feeding to Masu. And sort of as you guys move all the stuff, he looks up. You guys see the panic in his eyes looking at you. He immediately looks from you towards this vent and you can tell he's about to like make a run for the vent. I know he's probably not frightened, but this seems like just the thing to fire every time forever in Wongi. It's alright. We don't mean you any harm. All right, make a diplomacy check. Alrighty. I don't know if this is... I'll put the plus one on it. I'll leave it up to you if this is pursuant to a lead. 25, nice. Dancing around that natural 20 all night. Yep, not quite hitting it, but pretty close. So he starts to make a break. What do you say to him? I mean, it's going to be a success. It's uh, it's actually going to be a critical success. Literally what I said. Stop. We mean you no harm. It's okay. Yeah, you can tell. You can tell. Like in his eyes, he looks a little bit of fearful. 
and he almost he starts making a few steps towards it like he's gonna run you try to like talk him down he's you, you see his reaction is that masu is like friendly with you and masu's in his mind masu's usually scared of everyone but when masu doesn't immediately run away from you and in fact masu kind of goes over towards you in a friendly way he sort of stops mid-stride halfway like out of the vent and it stops what he's doing and, and kind of looks back and cocks his head at you a little bit and he says you're not you're not with them are you i don't know exactly who you mean but probably not my name is saruk i'm a a friend and these are my friends anita reficule halbrand can we come in this is uh, Can I stand up like like all the way stand it's up? It's five foot tall, space? so no. <laughs> can I please move? <laughs> yeah. You can go ahead and crawl in. He 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 he's like, oh yeah, yeah, come in. And he like he pushes some of the stuff so you can crawl in. Even when you crawl in, it's still this this little t- crawl space, it's still only five foot tall at his at his tallest. There's no way for you guys to sort of stand in here comfortably. He as a child can kind of get away with it. But even for him, it's it's pushing it a little bit. Like God. There's been a lot of bad stuff going on around here. I just, my name is uh, Jonia. I extend my hand to shake. He first. very tepidly takes your hand and shakes it. You can tell like he's a little still fearful and mistrustful, but for some reason, against his better judgment, he's, you know, you've given him no cause for alarm. He feels at ease in the situation. He's like, "What are you doing here, anyways?" When I take their hand, I'll tap the uh, Majogwin badge that Saruk wears. This symbol means I'm not going to hurt you. I like your hair, by the way. I'm tangenting. We're here looking for Kosawana, not to cause them harm, mind you, unless they intend us harm. Are you... Do you know them? I wouldn't say I know the fella. He seems nice enough. I've just, I've been living up here in his attic for about a year now. It seemed like a safe place to crash. Watched over him, a bit eccentric, but never met him face to face or anything. I was going to ask if he knew you were here. I will take that as a no. Oh, Masu, that's, that's, that's Alamon's cat. I see. He... He's my friend. When I go out and get food, I usually save a little bit for him every day. We reward the hunters. The hunters will help us hunt. Right. Kosawana doesn't do much in terms of his pet. I mean, he loves the guy, but he's usually so busy in his work, especially these last few weeks. Yeah, that tracks. Keeping an eye on him, for, but he hasn't seen you? I don't think he knows I'm here. I'm, I don't think he'd take too kindly to poor urchin like myself hiding out in his attic poking through his stuff. Okay, so you're not keeping an eye on him for somebody else. Oh, no, no, sorry. It's just, it's kind of my entertainment seeing what he gets up to. I don't know that I would call him a genius, but he's always persistent and when he's working on something, his head is in it. I could, I could, I could be looking over from this loft, and he wouldn't even know I was here. But I, I try to keep a low profile. 
Were you here the other night when he flew the coop? A literal choice of words. And he nods. You're not... You're not going to get me in trouble or tell him, are you? No. Matter of fact, we can probably help you. Well... I mean, Kosolano was always the kind of curious that I feel like I have to get you in trouble. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, those those fellows last night they came came looking for him. Uh, they had three three humans with shiny guns made of gold, wearing yellow and black. Oh yes, the yellow jackets. Yeah, the bumblebees. That right? What? No, you idiots! The Gilded Gunners. Oh. No, my friend said they're called the Bumblebees, and he he was a criminal. They're definitely the Bumblebees. Oh, I I've heard tales of the Gilded Gunners. I don't know about these Bumblebees, but maybe they're Bumblebees. I don't know. The Yellow Jackets. That's that's a pretty cool name. But uh, if Gilded. the Gilded Gunners or the Yellow Jackets are after this Kosawana, then. Bumblebees. Bumblebees. He gets all like quiet and like looks down. If they're after him, didn't look good. I don't know who their boss was though. Halfling fella. Do you have any idea? He turns back to Refi. Was it Halfling fella? Nods. Dressed in fancy clothes, smoking a cigar. Like a porn stash. A little bit, yeah, come to think of it. Mm. Wait, what's porn? (laughs) (laughs) It's a... This is a child. What? That's what Mugglin told me. Well, you... Are you happy with how Mugglin treated you? Do you know where Kosawana is now, or where maybe they might have gone? I mean, I was up here relaxing as I usually do. I was, I was sleeping. Wasn't going through the stuff. I wasn't stealing anything. Don't get any ideas in your mind. I'm not going to judge you even. If I you heard are. some loud explosions and bangs coming from somewhere near the front door. When I, I just thought he was up to more of his experiments. He's been blasting stuff for weeks. But when I poked my head out to see Posawana was being a little strange. He was uh, going around his workshop. He has so many of these clocks. You guys know why he's so obsessed with clocks? Weird. Something about I mean, his faith, I think. You're the man. Live. You're the kid living in the man's attic. You tell us. I, I mean, I don't know, but I do know that as the explosions were going on in the other room. He had stopped to take time to wind some of these clocks around his workshop. Like, who does that in the middle of a break-in? That's that's weird, right? It is. Can I maybe, like, recall knowledge something to get context for the why? Sure, yeah. Go ahead and make a a lore check that you can, or maybe even, like, a um, a, uh, a bry lore or some kind of lore of some way. I was going to say crafting, but I will take the Bry lore 100%. Well, that's happening. Not right now, but later on. This whole conversation, Refi's trying to get a beat on this kid. Is he trustworthy? Does he have to make, kill him? 
Yeah, make a sense. I swear to each and every Make a sense motive check for Ruffy. Uh, so, Rook, as you're listening to the description, um, nothing comes to mind. I mean, it seems weird that if somebody was breaking into your house, that you would take the time to go around and wind clocks. You get the feeling like maybe what the boy saw isn't exactly what was happening. Like, maybe he wasn't winding the clocks. Maybe he was hiding something in the clocks or retrieving something from the clocks. It might have looked like he was winding them to somebody watching in like a panic heightened state but there's no logical sense that somebody would stop and wind clocks right in the middle of a break-in Reficule, uh looking at the kid he seems not mistrustworthy but you can tell that this kid is very scared and he's been living if what he's telling you is true and you're not 100% convinced he's telling the full truth but he is for sure unarmed and doesn't seem particularly dangerous per se. Uh, he just looks like he's scared and he's kind of doing anything to save his own skin, but not necessarily in a way to double cross you, but he'll do and say anything you want to get you to like, leave him alone and go away. Right. Wow. Rafi, doesn't this sound so relatable? So Anita, you want to take a minute to go and look at the clocks? Yeah, and uh, cross-reference them with each other. Like, is there a pattern in it? Sure, yeah. He he points to some of the clocks, and you take a minute to kind of go down and look at the clocks, as he's saying. Uh, Give me a perception check. Perception. So Jonia is kind of saying, like, the the craziest thing. They didn't get Kosawana. He had this weird statue. It was some sort of... I always thought it was just a statue, but when he... He climbed aboard it and turned a key and it came to life. It was like this big clockwork machine, like a little bit bigger than that fellow right there. And he kind of points at Wybert, like the large guy standing there. He's like, yeah, it had like the body of a panther and the wings of an eagle and a weird, vaguely humanoid face. It was in those bays over there for a long time. And Hosawana just flew it right out the door. Strangest thing. They chased after him, fired guns. Then I retreated in here and waited for them to pass. They were here, tossing the place, probably close to an hour before they left. I heard him fiddling downstairs, and he points underneath them, where he's like right over some of the rooms below you. They were fiddling in there for a while, and then they left. They haven't been back. I thought maybe you were them. No, quite the opposite. Anita and Hal, as you guys are sort of like looking at the clocks, it, it becomes pretty apparent. It's weird because he said they winded them up, right? None of these clocks are working, Nina. They're all currently turned off. They're like, they're unwound. None of them are ticking. The time is not moving at all. But there is a pattern. You said you were looking for a pattern. Mm-hmm. Every one of these clocks are set to the time 227. Ah, the missing passage. So while that's going on, so there's obviously no pressure, but unless you're enjoying living in someone's loft where apparently the, did you say Gunner's Guild? Gilded Gilded Gunners. He stops, he looks at Ruffy. I hear bees in my head too, don't, them, yes. Golden Gun. We have some friends on the other side of town. It's not the best place in the world, but it's safer than here. There's food, there's a bed that isn't 
Is that just like a like a cot that they've dragged in? Pretty much, it's like a pretty haphazard thrown together cot that's small even for this child. It's not great, but it would be more comfortable than here. What do you think? I mean, the food is nice, though I kind of like having my freedom. You're not one of them cults, are you? No, 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 no. Far from. Stare at him with my red eyes. You'll still have your freedom. <laughs> Rafi, don't mind him. He's he's working on some stuff. It's not a cult. It's it's the the bullet and barrel. Are you familiar? Takes his head. It's a, a saloon on the other side of town. I can't picture the world map. In my Why don't you kid. make a request to this kid? Probably a diplomacy check. You're requesting him to leave his sort of loft, his lifestyle, and come stay with you guys at the barrel and bullet. And we'll see. You thought you were going to be adopting a cat? Nope, I guess the <laughs> second arc of Saruk is to fucking adopt a kid. Cat can adopt a cat, too. Hush up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he he stops and he thinks and he says, doesn't sound half bad, but I'll come on two conditions. One. Sure. We get Maybe. to keep Masu. Absolutely. Two. You can get me a job at this place. I need a job. Yeah, of course. I can definitely something where I again. won't lose my hands in a in a factory accident. I'm just gonna quickly, just gonna quickly, just gonna quickly, just gonna press a button on the character sheet that uh, indicates that somehow Saruk can keep a straight face through that. Yeah, we yeah, can guarantee that. I imagine it'll be washing. Great, I've been I've been applying for factory gigs all over town, but these goddamn clockworks are taking all the jobs. Not a single. You never opening. said anything about your legs, though, so we can't guarantee them. Rafik, he's kidding. The kid, like, immediately, like, like, shut, goes back in the shutdown and just like silently, like, stares at his feet. I promise. If he tries to, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll come. Let me just get my stuff together. And he sort of like won't make eye contact with the refi, and he's kind of going around and just packing the few belongings he has into into like a sort of backpack he has. So were they more uh, focused on uh, Oliman's workshop, not necessarily anything that's in the front? He said there was an explosion in the front. Well, the gunfire started in in the front, uh, mm-hmm. continued. I, I, they ransacked the place. They tore it apart. Like he's a he's got a lot of stuff. He's a bit of a centric shut in, but right. You know, it's not usually this much in disarray. Those guys mm-hmm. were. I don't know, the, the small one kept barking, find it, find it. I don't know, they must have found it because they left. Does he have any like private quarters or does he just sleep in his workshop? Uh, usually he sleeps at his desk. He doesn't even have a bedroom unless he might have a house, but he's almost never out of this place. I don't know. If right, he this is the workshop. Maybe, maybe he has a house, but I don't know. I've I've... Over the last year, I'd say he's about half in, half out, but he hasn't left the place for three weeks, working day mm-hmm. and night. Why, Tasty? Uh, I think I know the type. Smiles <laughs> I must say, you are the coolest clockwork machine I've ever had the pleasure of meeting. Me? Yeah, that's. Uh, yeah, that's the clockwork cowboy. 
Haven't you heard? <laughs> Cleaning up the streets of Alkenstar for people just like you and me. On the back of their noble Steve Weiber. <laughs> he's got his backpack done. He picks up Masu and he's like, Are we, let's go find our new home, buddy. Well, do you want to see something cool, though? So before, I'm not trying to scare you. But before, I used to have tattoos. But I burned a lot of the layers on my skin. So what the Temple of Bride did was, and then I opened a latch on my arm. Is that they replaced it with all these cogs. Look at it. So it's pretty much my circulation system right now. Cool. Oh, that is actually and I close gross it. and cool at the same time. Isn't it? Yeah. Wonders of modern technology. What happened here on your head? Which one? Right here? Yeah, you got like a giant plate across your head? I do. Uh, I was punched by a clockwork and then they tried to squeeze me to death. They succeeded, actually. But now I can see in the dark, whereas before I couldn't. I had to invent something just so that I could see. But now I could. Isn't that cool? Does that mean, are you here to steal his secrets too? No. Oh, or Swanas? Yeah. I wouldn't say steal. I would just say, I'll, I'll take it now and then I'll inform him later that I have his blueprints for safety. He taps his nose and gives you like a wink, like, I got you. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> Don't, Anita. I'm not going to presume to adopt it. Don't listen to them. They're. Would you like to ride the clockwork cowboy steed? You would, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. Quickly deflecting to a oh, That That would be so cool. This is, I mean, all due respect, this is. Not quite as cool as the old geezers, but still not bad. Yeah, so on that note, when they said they were describing people face lion body wings, is that enough to could a could a hucker recall knowledge on at uh check out that particular thing? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I, I don't know. Is it crafting? Do you want crafting for this? The crafting could be nature, could be arcana. I mean it sounds like it sounds like he's describing something that it's just a weird hodgepodge of you know creatures. Question uh, marks, right? Question marks. It's a weird mix of things, um, and as you sort of rack your brain, doesn't come across as anything you recognize. Chimeric creatures, am I right? All right, boys. Is there anything else down here? Are we ready to go? Yeah, I feel that we got to the heart of the workshop really quickly by going through the back. Yeah. What are you... Anita, would mm. you be so kind as to ask the clockwork steed to take our new friend uh, back up on the platform over there while we check this room? Of course. Just to make sure, you know. And then I put the kit... I I command Wybert to, like, bend down a little bit so that the kid could just walk on him saddle and then I tell the kid that the magic word is vroom vroom <laughs> and then Wybert walks 10 feet I ends up like vroom vroom and then Wybert walks 10 feet yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you can go ahead and move him over towards a safety and Masu here will will be with him and fucking Hard, hard out of character behind the scenes. When we were talking about our characters a long time ago, 
Nina definitely called Saruk Daddy Saruk at one point in regards to character tropes, and we have fucking manifested that. You spoke it into the world, and it's come back around. I don't hate it. This is Dad. Really funny. <laughs> All right. Hey there, have you heard about my new son? Uh, I guess I'll walk up to the door, and once the team files in, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make sure it's not gonna blow sure. up when Give I try to open check. it. I mean, it, it's similar to the door in the back. It looks like it's um, not locked, not trapped. Uh, you can tell that it's been kicked in, but also haphazardly repaired. So shield up, push. Yep. So you oh open my. the door, right? Um, and it, it, it looks like a sort of an alchemical storage room. It's like ruined. It's been tossed over. Things are all over the ground, splashed, broken. The harsh chemical and ash sort of wafts out of the room and hits all of you right on the nose. The floor is covered in broken alchemical glassware of any kind you could even think of. And all of the chemicals have sort of pooled together in the middle of the room and sort of made this sort of weird multi-hued alchemical puddle with, you know, metal shelves, torn books, scattered note paper everywhere in this room. And you do notice, like, right in the center of the room, there is... It's hard to see at first, right? Because it's small, a bunch of tiny creatures that are no more than like the size of your fist, but they're sitting here bathing in this like weird alchemical liquid. And you notice like sparks sort of shooting out of each one. And they're kind of like, it's this weird contraption of clockworks that look to have been affected by this chemicals at some time and possibly malfunctioning. And as you open the door, they all sort of like turn and you see like what appears to be a few dozen eyes all sort of turn and notice you. And it's this weird swarm of tiny clockwork piranha looking things that sort of look at you and then immediately like spring into their programming and begin like activating and, and running in your direction. <laughs> Everyone, please go ahead and roll me initiative. Not the bees. Not the bees. I know you're another store. I was going to say, like, the last time we had a shiny puddle, a rust ooze came out. That is true. Yeah, shiny puddles are spooky. I'm just going to put my scouting mod in really quickly. Praise be oh, 18 to Robert Beastwood. Sorry, I forgot the scout. 18. Not bad. 23 for Reticule. Not bad at all. Nice. Well, as it seems to be the norm around here, Halbrent is in the elite. Also, that plus two scouting bonus came in plus to get you ahead of these things. But Hal, you are up first. I think... So I got my turn to Hal. Shut the door! Mm, please? Yeah, that's true. Can I... I'll step forward... I'll close the door. Can I move Saruk away from the door? I will not resist. You're talking about doing like a... You're like shoving Saruk, sort of? Just to move him out of the way so I can like take place with him. Yeah, I'll allow it. That's fine. You're sort of like... Mechanically, what we're doing is you're kind of spending three actions to sort of push Saruk back and like slam the door closed and takes right on it. I'll allow it, yeah. Or right next to it. Just move him between me and Anita. 
I missed the wasps. Those I understood. <laughs> that is my turn. Over on this side, you're like you've, you've closed the door shut. You're not like you haven't don't have, you didn't have enough actions to like brace the door and hold it closed or anything. But you have closed it, and you're kind of mechanically holding it closed. You feel the weight of them on the other side as they're like throwing their like swarm like bodies against you. You just hear this chop 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 chop. The metal jaws like clamping down like a crazy swarm full of piranhas. They're going to attempt to basically break the door down. Guys, I think Steve's tired of our lost swarms <laughs> in the room bullshit. So first action uh, is a failure. Second one, they have the, the the minus penalty. Nope, not even close. So you've closed the door. They're slamming against it. You can feel the door sort of splintering. It's holding for now, but there's, they seem to be like fairly persistent. But that's their whole turn. They get aren't able to do anything on their turn. So, Ruffy. Uh, all right. I will uh, draw my pistol as a free action, and I will hold a shot until I see something coming out and threatening. Perfect. Just holding that shot, lining it up, waiting for a shot. I guess I could stride maybe to get a better shot, huh? Because I'd be shooting over my friends right now. Right. Wait, you think I'm your friend? (laughs) (laughs) Spruce comes out, finally. We did it! It only took us like six fucking months. (laughs) Alright, uh, Saruk. Bad character. I was super fucking hoping they wouldn't go through the door. We'd wait till take a quick pause and go to chat and say thank you. I watch Twitch for giving the GM a hero point. I watch Twitch, you coward. All right. Thank you for supporting. uh, Who's dying this time now? I know that. (laughs) (laughs) We're gonna find out. I guess we fucking are. So out of character, I was super hoping we could wait. These guys wind up out, then we could adopt them and have another swarm to fuck up enemies with, but I guess not. So instead, because I definitely didn't have my gun out while talking to a child, for one action, I'm gonna interact to draw something that I apparently already have. John? Whack. Uh, draw a moderate bottled lightning, and then ready in action to, when the door comes open, to introduce the piranha swarm to it. Anita. Same exact action sequence as Saruk. <laughs> hmm can I use my reaction to fist bump Anita? I mean, I won't I won't charge your reaction. You're going to need it to throw the bottle, but I'll allow you to fist bump. You both draw and Great fist minds. Bump. Yeah. Right. How? I'm going to look to the group and be like, do you want me to like brace it or keep it closed or open it or go in there? What do you want? What do you want me to do? I think it may be better for you to get out of the way. I have another bottle of lightning on me if you want it. I think Hal is going to move here and then hold a strike for two actions if it comes within my range. Perfect. Well, the first action in their turn is to bang the door and boom, one action. They like athletics hit the door and they kind of half spill out and there's like a bunch of them that hit the doorway. All of you guys are like readying actions to go at this moment. So let's go ahead and take those gunshots and moderate lightning to Chucks. Um, they're not quite in your reach yet, Hal. So you're still waiting for a strike. Is there a particular order you want those in or should we just vomit them? 
I don't. Oh uh, if you guys want to choose an order, squad. whoever goes goes. Yeah. Vomit strike. <laughs> Vomit swarm is <laughs> This is not devised. All right. I would like... Oh no, I admit, I hit. Uh, Strix getting easy hero point. Ruffy hits Anita and Saruk both miss. We're using a hero point. I'm gonna point. use the hero point as well for my. All right, Saruk's so hero yeah. point still misses. Oh, they'll take the splash anyway. Yeah, it's not a critical miss. So. Both your bottle lightnings miss, but it does deal the splash damage. I think it was, is it two splash? I mean, you can roll the damage on your, your thing just to show it. Um, it was two splash damage. They are, so the splash damage, it is weak to splash. So even though you dealt two splash damage, it's weak eight. Sheesh. It actually takes 10 damage from each of your splashes. Nice. I love to see it. And then Refi hits with the dueling pistol, dealing nine points of piercing damage. Nine? Uh, it nine. is resistant eight to the piercing because it's sort of the swarm. So it it takes one point of damage. So the the way it is, right? It's a, it's a it's not just one monolithic creature. It's a swarm of a bunch of these. So you probably pick one of them off, but it's not enough to really dent the thing. But the sort of splash damage going out is dealing quite a bit of damage and they they're getting hurt by all of that. That was one action for them to do that. Their second action is going to be to spill out of the door and kind of create this sort of large cloud and they kind of swarm around like all three of you guys right in front of the door and they're big enough that they're covering all of you. They're kind of jumping up and biting at your ankles and jumping up and biting at your chest and it's for last action is going to use going to use snapping jaws. So what I need is for everyone to make a reflex save. Can we get a ready action from? Yes, absolutely. Good call. So as they move in um, on their stride action, this does trigger a uh, strike from Halbrand. And this this round, like last combat, H is for hero. Point. Use a hero point. All right, hero point it. Slay them. That's a hit. Oh, nice. 11. 11 points of slashing damage. So they are resistant 8 to the slashing, so they take 3 points of damage from um, Al. Uh, okay, so that's a failure for Anita and a... 16 for me. Failure for Saruk. Checking the DC of this. Yeah, not a critical failure, at least. And Hal also fails with an 18. So you're all going to take uh, full damage from this, mm-hmm. which is 19 points of slashing damage. As well, you're all sickened one as these things are biting into you. Just the act of them like jumping and hanging off you and you got all these creatures on you. You guys are all like kind of weighed down by them. It causes, they're being, it's being reflected as the sickened condition from the numerous painful wounds affecting you. That's their turn. Ruffy. How y'all doing in there? Should I, uh... I think you put stunned. Oh. Yeah, I did. I clicked the wrong thing. Yes. Should I, uh... Don't worry about it. I was gonna say, what's that? I look towards, the ban- towards my bandolier at the bottle lightning on my chest and say, how do y'all feel about a bit of lightning? I don't know. Annie, you okay? <laughs> do it! <laughs> you heard it here first. Pulls Piranha off, throws to ground. I'm like, okay, I'm good. Is, does that count? No, I still have to draw that, right? You have to draw it, yeah. 
Yeah, so one action draw. Huh? Second action, I will... Uh, oh, it's already drawn on my thing. I will strike. All right, you throw it at the big tangled mess of creatures. Gotcha! At the last second, Saruk realizes how conductive his arm <laughs> I'm going is. to use a hero point. Okay. Yeah. Hero point it. There you are. Let's get a higher roll. Come on. I believe. I remember that time we were good at Pathfinder. Right, it was is the it first now? half of this episode. Oh. Fucking now. All nope. Right. Well, it's Jeez. still a miss, but it's not a critical miss. So same thing. Everyone takes two points of electricity damage. However, this thing is weak eight to electricity, so it takes ten points of damage from your bomb, and everyone else just takes two. Uh, technically, you take it too, Ruffy, because you're within the splash range of this large creature. That's fine. Which is a little strange, but... <laughs> uh, that was two actions. Third action. I'm going to use a running reload. Okay. Ooh. Another new feature. I stride over, and I reload the gun at the same time. Perfect. Gun is reloaded. That takes us to Saruk. Okay, Saruk is going to interact to to draw a lesser bottled lightning. Okay. Saruk is the exemplar of the term. Don't hold on to your consumables you got from the other book. Use them. They're very useful. And then action the second is I'm going to drop it at my feet. Okay. I'm really... Well... Mm, yeah, yeah, it would still be the right move. Naked without my devise a strat. I didn't That's target. Fine. I'm horrible. Does it's a hit, even through the sickened condition. Oh, so, oh. it takes... This is the lesser one? Yeah. Okay. So it takes the six damage, and then it takes an extra eight. So plus eight makes it a total of fourteen points of damage. Plus, and then it takes. One yeah, and then everyone takes one point of splash damage, and this thing is. Oops, I didn't mean to put fourteen. That is right. And then um, it, it looks like most of them are like with this blast, like pulse of electricity kind of going through it looks like most of them are almost gone there's just a few stragglers left biting and, and grabbing everyone everyone takes one point of damage from that thing and then that is basically everything on that bomb it's flat footed now too thanks to the bomb effect i could be totally wrong but i think the target of a of an alchemical bomb also takes the splash damage i don't know if that procs the resistance twice or not yeah i mean it, it definitely does i thought i did the minus one on it didn't sort in chat though. They took the damage. They healed the damage. They took yeah, they the took damage. the damage. They healed the damage. They took the damage. But the one didn't do. It. Let me try this. Yeah, I guess it didn't do. It. I thought I put the minus one. No, yeah. So I think with that and probably <gasps> even triggering, it has weakness to electricity and splash. So I think maybe since it does the splash, the second one I'll just give it the bonus. So this last bomb goes out. All of these creatures fall over and sort of um, uh, are done and destroyed and you guys are no longer in danger of uh these creatures biting at you congratulations on using your uh bottled lightning consumables to good effect against swarms nice we're learning guys Uh, i immediately we are i turned just snap to anita you're fine right right okay cool Jonia, just look up to Jonia. How are they? Uh, he looks fine. He's kind of watching you guys like quizzically. His eyes are wide, and he's like, "Oh, yeah, Kosawana made those things. They're supposed to 
keep vermin out of this place because Masu doesn't do it. And Masu's like, like in his arms, like like sleeping, you know? Yeah, they're not supposed to attack people, though. They're, they're programmed only to target vermin or something. They've never bothered me. You look, they're like sparking. And it seems like maybe the, the chemicals that were in there might have malfunctioned them in some way to not distinguish humans from rats. Oh no, he he looks like enthralled at all the coolness that's going on. This is the most exciting thing that's happened to him in a long time. Uh, he doesn't look scared. He actually looks happy and thrilled. And you can watch him like he's wait, as you guys are done with this. He's like over in the corner. You see him like practicing the moves that he saw like Refugee doing. Like he's trying to do like a running reload, although he doesn't have a gun, but he's trying to do it. You know, he's trying to emulate how cool you guys are. Well, look at that. You're being a good influence on someone, Refi. If you could just not talk about stalling off people's legs. But you've gained access to what looks like a um, an alchemical room full of uh, gear and stuff. I'll go ahead and reveal that that sort of token. You do find uh, most of the stuff in here has been ransacked and, and broken. There is sort of a uh, bottled lightning, a moderate bottled lightning you can refill to your guys' stocks here. There is enough to cobble together a functional alchemist lab, another one, um, an expanded alchemical lab. And then um, another thing that's in here is a small liquid that, to the look, you guys don't recognize. Hey, Anita, come here. Hmm. When they step in, I hold up the liquid. What is it? What do you make of this? Uh, I was let hoping me see. you would tell me. Uh, recall knowledge using crafting, please. Yeah, go ahead. With more IP. Glowing. Yeah. I presume we're not sick in anymore. You can remove the sick condition now. Like, after you get all the creatures off you, no more sick condition. Oh, black. I mean, I was worried about you guys in that swarm, but you guys did do a good job at the lightning. Oh, yeah. Um, no problem. Worried us now. We're the friends. So you look at this, uh, Anita, and you immediately recognize it as being a universal solvent, <gasps> which is a pretty good you know, solvent that you can use to remove anything. Specifically, sovereign glue, it can counteract like that glue, that like some of the strongest glue that you guys could have. But additionally, it can help with any sort of like counteracting any other sort of adhesives, even tangle the bags and stuff like that. It's a pretty useful and valuable solvent. You know how expensive these types of things are? It's a universal solvent. How expensive is it? Yeah. Huh. Interesting. As as you're saying that Saruk is breaking out the healer's tools. Yeah, and like looking around at the room, Anita, like so much of these chemicals, whatever was in here before, is now lost and just spilled in like a weird glowing puddle at your feet. And for a moment, there's a bit of sadness as just how valuable this stuff might have been had you been able to get your hands on it before it was smashed. You may want to like walk out of this room soon, though, uh, Saruk. The, I don't know the fumes. Oh yeah, fair. All right. Let me put this on wipe it. And then... Um, i try to I'm treat like, wounds myself real quick once. Okay, I'll do treat wounds on Albert. I can't do battle medicine anymore. 